0: Welcome back to the show. It has been a minute. The idea of podcasting and getting on a mic over here at Witch Sweat headquarters has felt challenging, to say the least. Challenging in the sense that the only thing I could possibly think to talk about is the immense... Horror, sadness, grief wave that we are all collectively surfing as we are watching this genocide unfold live stream style, and yet there is something in me that has uh, like struggled to 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 really feel expressed in talking about what's happening. And that is actually the thing that I want to talk about. I find it very interesting, fascinating, in fact, that I have recorded mm, three or four versions over the past three weeks of this conversation on this topic. And there's been this friction and pause within me to, to be like, oh, but... What if I'm not saying the right thing? What if I didn't, I didn't fully, I don't feel fully expressed in it. I don't feel like I really said what I wanted to say. And I'm also very aware that that inner brakes slamming, like putting the foot on the brakes of using my voice in Uh, as a a tool of power, as a tool to bring about change, dissent, revelatory revolution. I'm so aware of the straitjacket and muzzle upon my voice as a white woman in America who has been trained by all of these forces to prioritize being understood, being clear and polite and not ruffling any feathers and getting the message just right so that I am impervious to critique or blame or uh, sowing seeds of confusion and doubt. And... I really want to name that. I really want to name like how embarrassing that is. That I have all of these feelings and this sadness and this rage. Like Niagara Falls moving through me. But I don't feel like I can fully talk about it in the ways that I want to. Out of fear of saying the wrong thing. Right? And in naming that to you, dear listener... I'm like, wow, what a gift that I can announce for myself and see the self-absorbed, self-centered project of of whiteness, of um, so many aspects of living in the coddling little cocoon of the United States. And so that that feels like the realest thing. That feels like the realest thing for me to really want to put out there because I'm watching so many complex interactions happening on social media and in conversations with close friends and acquaintances about how we are all meeting one of the most... Uh visually saturated and available I'm just like you can hear i, I <laughs> oh. Like the way my voice is just reaching so hard for the words to even describe what it is that we're witnessing. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's so fucking obscene. And so I want to share an excerpt from... A recording that I made maybe about a week ago or two weeks ago that's um, really about the discernment that's required to witness this moment unfolding and how to be a more intact and a more sturdy witness and participant of this moment. And that is going to be white people in particular are going to be the most implicated in in wanting to turn away from this moment, and I say that as someone who fully has taken the taken Instagram off my phone more than once in the last three weeks, the last month, um, as a an act of what I considered self preservation. But then really having to sit with the uncomfortable truth that what my definition of self-preservation might not be trustworthy. Like there's a an inner perversion. This is a a big 12-step word that I just love so much of like there's some dynamics and instincts within me that have been perverted by the ways that I have been socialized and programmed based on my identity, based on my history, based on my location on the planet, based on all these details about my life, that it might be that what I consider like, oh, I need to take a break. My nervous system is getting oversaturated. Like That gets to be true. And also, there is this... Um, like kink in the hose. There's a some sort of tangle in the discernment mechanism within me of when is it time to pull back and when is it time to lean forward and stay in the fire longer? And I think this question of discernment, of when to lean in and when to pull back, is fascinating because I really wonder about how Americans uh, Americans in particular because that's the place where I exist and observe most acutely but I'm like yeah, is our uh, is our discernment mechanism trustworthy? Maybe it is, Maybe it isn't. Maybe it just needs more love, care, and attention and curiosity about the what elseness of how we are reading this moment, reading our discomfort reading our desire to pull back, reading our desire to be hyper-urgent and hyper-vigilant and hyper-compulsive as creating some kind of illusion of participation. Um, Yeah, I find it all totally freaking fascinating. And so I'm going to share this excerpt of a recording recently where I get into that more. Also, just to be clear, whenever I refer to discernment or this moment requiring a lot of discernment, I am not speaking about political discernment. I'm not speaking about like this war is complicated. It has so many nuances to each side. I am not speaking about that. I am talking about the discernment Of the nervous system the discernment of our capacity for mobilization and readiness and activation and when are we slipping into too much activation and into collapse this is a very pro-palestinian broadcast just to be clear okay here we go how are we finding the difference and the distinction between Resting and replenishing so that we may stay present and wide awake to this moment? And when does that very necessary need for um, rest get uh, misread? and co-opted as disassociation, disappearing, opting for this illusion of safety and comfort um, because we, I'm going to say we, and what I mean by we is people of the West, people in America who are not necessarily um, on the ground, and in the deep trenches of what is happening in Palestine. Um, although for some of us who have family there, that of course is is a different kind of um, in the trenches. Yeah, so I'm just really curious about this moment. It's such a sophisticated moment that really requires major discernment and nuance and a kind of inner fortitude that can stay, they can stay with it. They can see these images of mothers holding their children in body bags and can see the leveling of cities without and can feel the impulse to want to turn away that's not the issue it sh- there should f- i think it's very human to have the flinching impulse to want to throw your phone across the room but how to feel that witness that and Remain intact, that is also not the same as, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stay like scrolling for hours and hours in this kind of like masochistic way, right? That's like um, buying into or seduced by this another kind of illusion of participation by rubbing your attention raw, right? Like using these apps and using the fact that we do have access to so much information, using that as like this sandpaper to your attention and to your spirit and to your being. I'm finding that it is a really interesting and very sort of slippery edge of like, and it's moving, it's constantly moving the line between too much and not enough consumption and witnessing. I think I want to say witnessing rather than consumption. Um, But maybe that's sort of the distinction I'm getting at is like, when are we just consuming something like a substance that we're addicted to? And the the substance could be urgency. The substance could be, um, I'm not doing enough unless I know every single detail of what's happening right now. Um, anything that feels compulsive right now is probably not helpful. And so I think that's really just The long and the short of what I want to say is just bringing attention to how much discernment is needed right now, and you won't get it right every day. Some days you will go too hard in one direction, either full throttle, drinking from a fire hose, consumption of information, and then the the subsequent just being freaking decimated by taking in that much intel and then other days you might find yourself indulging in a a kind of um yeah going to sleep and not participating in what's happening not bearing witness and it's all correct I think is what I want to say it's all correct and we we, we have to allow ourselves the spectrum of kind of doing the dance and vacillating between taking in too much and then pulling back too far. There's not going to be a way to get this right and to participate correctly. You know, I'm someone that in my... Creative work and artistic work, I've been talking a lot about this idea of palatability as a disease and a sickness, this allegiance to being palatable, this allegiance and prioritization of trying to get the way that you move through the world right. Get it right. Be correct. Be impervious to critique, to judgment to being misread and misunderstood by other people. That is the sickness of this place. By this place, I mean the Western imperial white supremacist patriarchal project of America, the United States of America, and what that does to our bodies and our nervous systems and our spirits, and it does something a little bit different to everybody depending on your profile of how your body presents to other people and how you identify moving through the world, but the, the really essential bottom line is that this place really robs us of our backbone and our spine and our sturdiness of just being able to freaking be and let everybody else feel however they feel about how you be being and that i'm just i bring that up because i observe the the sort of chokehold that has on so many of our psyches In the everyday, day-to-day, when things are more or less a version of normal or a version of hunky-dory. And then when we get kind of collectively thrust into this extremely difficult, extremely horrific, extremely confusing to some people more than others, war, crisis, full-on genocide and assault there's no way that that um, disease of palatability is not going to also show up in how we do or don't meet the moment of crisis so some of us are feeling very afraid of speaking out And afraid of doing it wrong, saying the wrong thing or afraid of saying something that you might like not might not be your full truth. And so it's an undercooked truth. And you don't want to like, put something out there that you you feel like, ah, maybe I don't have all the answers. So I don't want to, you know, lay my cards all the way out without all the answers. And some other of us are perhaps feeling overwhelmed by how many people are not speaking up. And there's this like real intense need to like judge other people. And how, dear God, could other people be silent in this moment? And there's others of us who are posting constantly, but maybe also feeling like. Uh, I'm just posting and I'm getting into the icky sticky territory of um, what's that phrase? It's virtue signaling, right? I'm just performing my values right now and that feels really gross. Um, that's a big one that I can relate to um I'm sitting here on my couch curled up and now searching for the phone charger in this very unceremonious way of recording this podcast this is truly the only way it's getting out I tell you that oh think what is uh, so i think what is really top of mind and top of heart for me in this moment is like i'm thinking about the ways in which just being of use and being available and open and present, like feet on the ground, heart open, eyes open, sober of mind, body, and spirit, to be ready to steward this moment and to be a helpful, courageous participant. In the liberation of humanity, because that is really what we're talking about—that there's for a lot of us, that's it's eclipsed our ability to be clear, clear-eyed, and available. Is um, it's encumbered by all of this inner stuff of palatability. And palatability, I don't use that word lightly. It's not a shallow word of just like caring so much about what other people think. Like there's really dire um, consequences for people in this prioritization of, of palatability. It's like unconscious. It's so trained into us. It's so braided in to us at a cellular level this is ancestral this is genetic this is not just like you care too much about what other people think oh my god that's so boring it's very old stuff old old stuff and our sense of very real safety is um tied up in the palatability thing The good news is, is that when catastrophe of this level, of this degree, is in our motherfucking faces, so hardcore, it is such a guaranteed opportunity to divest ourselves from any thing that prevents us from being real, being authentic, being present, being available, being all in, all in to show up for the moment of devastation and grief and unthinkable Tyranny. Adrienne Marie Brown had this live that she posted on her Instagram the other day. It was just like this improvisational prayer spell. And in it, she said this thing that I keep thinking about, which was... You know, if there's anything in your life that keeps you from feeling free to speak on what is real for you, whatever that may be, then you are not free. And she really shared it in this way that's like, it doesn't matter what your politics are in this moment. Like, if you can't say what's real for you for whatever reason... You are not free. If you are not capable of feeling what you feel, having the impulses that you have, and you can't act on them, or you feel stunted from the inside, there's something within you that prevents you from from being there, being here, being available to the realness of this moment, then there's something within you. I mean, I think for so many Americans, so many white Americans in particular, the, the cage mechanisms are very much on the inside. The, what, what keeps us from being truly free is absolutely an inside Apparatus and an inside architecture and an inside programming that has to be addressed from the inside. So there's a baby crying outside my window. I wonder if you hear it. Um, y'all, since July, I have very personally witnessed three people die, and I think about how not normal that is for, um... certain aspects of living in America. There's, there are many people in America who are, um, very conditioned to seeing death, but I want to say what the dominant over culture kind of, um, controls and siphons, siphons? No, that's not the word. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's it's not a it's not a normal occurrence to see death all of the time in the uh, paradigm. I'm not saying people's actual lived experiences because people have very different lived experiences in this place. but what the paradigm of the dominant overculture of this country, it really shields us from. From death, from dying, from aging, from um, rot and decay, and I think that is such a um, disservice in a lot of ways. It it makes a lot of us very incapable and soft, soft in a not great way, soft in a pejorative way, flaccid, if you will, to being able to be with the raw shit of life. And that there's this almost like indignation when our discomfort is rocked. It's like, who said that being alive was going to be comfortable who said who said that who said that we could just be here and incarnate into this material plane and like feel entitled to some smooth unbloodied go of it all And of course, when I say that, it's like, oh yeah, we know it's not supposed to be easy down here. But then when the really dis-easy stuff happens, we're like, well, freaking hell, how am I supposed to deal with this? We're like totally ill-equipped, totally ill-equipped. There is a flaccidness of the spine and of the inner grit and fortitude center and it makes me sad it makes me very sad there's this other thing that i want to reference that i saw on social media that's um it was a voice memo from a mother in palestine that was tr- translated to say like s- essentially massive paraphrasing here i don't need your prayers you need the you need the medicine that's coming out of palestine right now you, on the other side of the world, that is watching this unfold from your phone. I don't need you to save me. We don't need you to save us. We are going to save the world by what we are enduring. And there's this also like incredibly beautiful quote that's like, we are not freeing Palestine. Palestine is freeing us. And I feel that so deeply to my core that we are not fucking equipped. So, like spiritually, so many of us are ill equipped to even bear witness to this moment. How the fuck do we think we're gonna free Palestine? This is an inside job. This is actually a very personal project. That is what I think the gift of what is happening in Gaza is doing for the world. And it is so selfish of me to say that, but I'm saying it anyways because I really want these words to reach the deepest core of you, dear listener, your heart. If you are available to it, that like, let Gaza be an invitation for you to divest from every single thing that keeps you from being able to bear witness to the unfathomably raw shit of life. Because that's part of the deal, too. It is not evidence that you haven't, that the world is, you know, just a a piece of shit and it's just all hell and evil. That's part of the grace of this place, that we get the full spectrum. We get it all. This is an all-you-can-eat buffet that is not made of just dessert. It isn't. There's a whole freaking bar of slop, evil ass, nasty ass, foul slop. That gets served at the Life Buffet too, and you get to sample it all. It all gets to be here. But the issue is that for so many Westerners, we are coddled coddled to the nth degree and we don't possess the backbone. And my issue, the whole reason I started this to speak about discernment is because my fear for myself and also in what I witness is that the language of rest getting co-opted as and, and misdiagnosed of like, I need to rest my nervous system, getting misinterpreted as I'm going to throw my hands up, I'm going to clutch my pearls, and I'm going to faint on the fainting couch, right? Which is just another business as usual way of not participating when the going gets rough, And so for, I really, my, I mean, I feel like my, I, because I am a white woman, I identify as a white woman, I move through the world as a white woman. I have been so shaped and mangled and molded by the, everything that being a white woman in America entails. I feel so deeply committed to helping my fellow white folk particularly those of us who were assigned female at birth and shaped by these particular forces to be able to recognize and and bear witness to the kind of sickness and the kind of coddling that has befallen our existence on the planet and how it prevents a a way of not flinching in the face of the shit slop getting served up at the buffet. There goes my bird clock. I hope that's making some sense. Y'all sometimes these solo casts, your girl be getting on a getting on a jag of words and then we just don't know where we are. We're not in Kansas anymore, that's for sure. Um, I think the final thing that I wanna say is that um mm, Like the body is really the site of all of these influences. It's the site of moving too far in the direction of collapse and overwhelm. It's the site of compulsive urgency, compulsive crisis mode, compulsive um, overdoing and oversaturating the nervous system. and it's also the site of the kind of sturdiness that I'm referencing. I I believe that's that's the I mean and I don't have this freaking figured out if that isn't clear. I just uh, it's something that I research in my body and in my being and I find that the image of a sturdy spine, a sturdy center an intactness in the central pipeline of my torso from head to throat to heart to solar plexus lungs guts down to my asshole like that central pipeline of information i need to feel it and i need to feel like taut or glued into it tucked into it when i feel my attention move too far forward like eyeballs bulging out of my head because i can't believe what i'm looking at i'm like okay let me pull the gaze let me pull the attention energetically pull it back in towards my center which is not the same as closing my eyes and looking away it's just a deep felt sense of where my actual power and my actual center is. And I know that I cannot be powerful and participate if my extremities, my my energy is too far out. Like the dog that gets too far away on the leash or the leash just gets let go of. I don't know if that's really a great image, but. It's like I got to draw, like slurp my attention and my energy back to my center. And that's not selfish. It is not like, oh, I better just go like self-care, draw a bath because the world is hard. You know, like you can feel when you're in touch with your system, you can feel when you are in um, ineffectively turning away from the collective. There's an effective turning towards self and there's an ineffective turning towards self, right? And I believe that on a cellular level, we really do know the difference. I don't think that's a, a project and a question for logic. I don't think that is the realm of the mind and thought and logic do not answer that question for us. It does not help us with this discernment that I'm speaking about. Ah. Okay. I think that's it for now. Um, I really have a tremendous amount of love for the people that listen to this podcast, which includes you it's a funny thing to say because you're probably listening and you're like okay but you don't know that I'm listening right now like me specifically like you don't know me you don't know I'm listening and I'm like I feel you though I freaking feel you like I feel that your attention has pressed play and that you're like in this with me somehow it's so strange and and there's this vortex of of energy and attention and i feel you and i maybe that sounds weird as hell and you are like i don't know what you're talking about you lost me completely but i'm very grateful that you're here and i'm very grateful to have this space to articulate these big gnarly strange and unwieldy questions um You're doing a great job. You really are. You really are. The internet would really have us believe that we're not doing enough. And even when we're not doing enough, you're still doing your best. And I don't think that's just a sappy platitude. Um, Okay, love you so much. Pay attention to your body in whatever ways you have the ability to do so. It's, it's really giving you a lot. It's telling you a lot of information. And if you can drop down out of the uh, strange prison of the mind, there's extremely fruitful intel for you in the body body sphere okay i love you all right sing me your song sweat with